Most of us like a good story. I have found that the best stories are those that draw us in with emotion. They're usually about relationships, and they often contain a story within a story. I've got one of those for you today that I'm pretty sure you're going to like. But before I share this story with you, Carol has something to say. Welcome to You Were Made For This. If you find yourself wanting more from your relationships, you've come to the right place. Here you'll discover practical principles you can use to experience the life-giving relationships you were made for. And now here's your host, John Sertalic. Hey, thank you, Carol. Now, as with every episode, our purpose today is to help you find more joy in the relationships God designed for you. If you're new to the podcast, you can access all past and future episodes by going to johnsertalic.com. That's John with an H and Sertalic with C-E-R-T-A-L-I-C dot com. Add your name and email to the boxes near the top of the screen, then click on the subscribe button. The story I want to tell you about today comes from a listener response to the recent August 8th email I wrote to those on our email list. The email was about that line that I love from the PBS TV show called The Midwife. It goes like this. We learn most when we listen to others. Yeah, that's right. We learn most when we listen to others. Linda Crouch, a retired missionary now living in North Carolina, wrote to tell me how she's come to appreciate the great value of people listening to one another. I was so fascinated by what she had to say and the story she told that illustrated the value of listening that I thought it would make a good podcast episode if I interviewed her. Linda graciously agreed to the interview that you'll hear in just a minute. As you listen, I'd like you to see if you can identify the predominant emotion in the story. The relationships you'll hear about are all pretty obvious. But see if you can pick up on the emotion that makes hers a great story. And then also, what do you hear as the story within her story? See if you can pick that out. So, let's get into it right now. Well, Linda, I'm so glad you've agreed to join us because I was so intrigued by the email that you sent me uh, a while back about your your trip to Nigeria with uh, your extended family. I, yes. Yeah. Tell us about that and what, what led you to decide to, to do that. Oh, John, it was a, a really memorable time for all of us. Since my husband and I had served in Nigeria for close to 40 years, uh, oh. we had prayed many times with our family and alone that we could somehow go back together uh, as a family and and visit Nigeria and serve in some way and say thank you to the people that we served with. So that had been in the works. Jim passed away almost 15 years ago, but mm. that's been kind of simmering in the back of my mind for all those years too. Mm-hmm. And I started talking with the kids about, you know, what God might do in helping us all go there together. So 
that's how it worked out. Everybody was free. We made it a, a priority to go with our, our children and with our spouses and girlfriend who later became a fiance during the trip. And oh. it was a, a big special time for all 18 of us. Yeah. Yes. And your, your grandkids went too. Am I correct in that? Yes. Yes. There were 10 adults and eight grandchildren. Uh-huh. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Tell, tell me uh, just a little bit about the, the joy that you experienced by, by doing that. Where did, where did you see joy interplaying with your activities there in Nigeria? Yes, it was uh, more joy than I really ever anticipated, John. Mm. We had put a lot of prayer and planning into it and had lots of activities that each of us using our gifts would be a part of. But I think just watching my children and their children enjoy uh, Nigeria in a fresh way, Mm. become reacquainted with adults and children that our kids had known through the years, and and just experiencing uh, a new culture for the kids especially, Mm. that was so refreshing to us. And mm. they, people just welcomed us so warmly and sincerely. We were we were blown away by by what God did mm. in us through those loving people. Mm-hmm. We had come to serve them, but they are the ones who really taught us yeah. about you know simplicity of life and just the joy of um, resilience in mm. everyday life. Yeah, that's what impressed me so much was even despite hard situations that so many of them are living in it doesn't affect their their deep down joy and uh, respect for God and love for God and that that really rubbed off on all of us Mm. oh that sounds wonderful that sounds wonderful and and how about the grandkids did they talk much about it uh, you know since you've been back Yes, we had a great Zoom call a couple of weeks ago with everybody present, and it was neat to hear the the kids talk and, and even pray. Oh. Uh, one of them thanked God that we could remember Grandpa, uh, even though he wasn't there. Yeah. Uh, the kids just enjoyed the freedom of building forts and climbing <laughs> trees and climbing rocks and, and the freedom of a, a lovely compound and uh, Nigerian children, staff children from K.A. to interact with, and God kept them safe and healthy. I, I love the the kids' reactions. They said, people are so friendly here. People just come up to us and, and greet us and want to play, and we didn't have any trouble making friends and playing soccer with kids one our oldest grandson was even surprised that he got to go hunting with a, a Nigerian friend of ours. So that was a, a real treat. But we had a special time remembering um, my husband, Jim, as we visited the graveyard behind the chapel and just talked about the cost of missionaries coming and how sometimes it's very, very hard on their families being separated from parents. Uh, sometimes children 
die. Sometimes parents die. Yeah. And it was sobering for the kids to to see, you know, firsthand just visiting the graveyard there. Mm-hmm. What what all is involved in missions? Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like we were able to share stories of both Jim's family and my family, how they came to Nigeria, and a little bit about the history of the school, Kent Academy, that we had served at all those years. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we just have to trust that God uh, will use those seeds planted in their hearts to bear fruit in the years to come. We don't know how how he will use that, but I know yeah. he doesn't waste anything. So yeah. whether he uses them in overseas work or not, that's not the main thing to me. Uh-huh. It's just that we were able to celebrate with us God's faithfulness in raising up the church in Nigeria and how uh, children and adults are being taught from God's word, how they're training their children and how people are choosing to build on the foundation that, that others like us had, had left behind. Mm-hmm. So I mm. just praise God for that. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds wonderful. I, I want to read uh, just a, a, f- a few uh, sentences from your email to me, and I'd like you to comment on this. You, you okay. said, you said um, I thanked God again for my missionary friend from way back, Meg. She lavished yeah. her yeah, she lavished her listening <laughs> gift on me yesterday as she welcomed my two hour vent of the whole story of our family's Nigeria trip. Even though mm-hmm. I have been a member care debriefer with SIM for several years myself, I didn't realize how healing and helpful it would be to be listened to so intently. When I finally got to the end, I breathed a huge Whoosh, <laughs> and and teared up with gratitude at her patient kindness. So yes, yeah. Well, I I met with Meg yesterday, mm-hmm. and just thanked her again for that that amazing gift to me. Mm-hmm. You know, we just thought we were getting together for coffee and debriefing a little bit, but it ended up being such a healthy. Uh, time for me to to share with Meg. Not only had she lived in Nigeria herself, which of course was a big asset in mm-hmm. the way she lived, but you know her eyes were were focused on me. Her ears were listening to me, and just the undivided attention and the way she responded was was so life giving to me. She didn't hurry me. She didn't prod me along or, you know, kind of look at her watch all the time and expect to be done quickly. It was it was just a very deep gift yeah. to me, which I always remember. Yeah. yeah. What what did she do differently than that most people don't do in your experience? Well, she she made time. I knew she wasn't in a hurry. She mm. she asked a few key questions to kind of get me started. Mm. Um, I think that she really entered into what I was saying. Mm. And I felt like she was 
enjoying it all again with me, watching the kids climb trees or sitting with me while I was talking with Teresa, who had had such a, a scary uh, kidnapping in her life or oh, wow. enjoying talking with the, the staff and repairing the handbells that we did together. I felt like she was just part of it, right? Sitting there with me as I was entering in. And I don't really know how she did that, but I felt like it was the intensity of her listening and the caringness of her heart, you know, that she was just wanting, she wanted to know the details. Yeah, yeah. She, she wasn't just kind of tolerating them and waiting for me to go quickly so she could get on to the business of her day. Uh-huh, uh-huh. She blessed me with the extra time. She went the extra mile to wow. take time, yeah. Yeah. What a great friend she is to be able to do that and to want to do that for you. Yeah. She's a, a real forever friend, and we, you know, I, I seek to, to listen to her in the same way, but I think that her example to me at that time was so powerful that it motivated me to be a better listener to people, too. Hmm. Mm. knowing that it, yes, it does take time. Yes, it may be a sacrifice in some ways, yeah. but it just is so healing for the person that you're you're listening to. Mm-hmm. And when she left, she thanked me mm. for the joy that it had been to her to share it with me. So, you know, somehow, John, I really believe that God enables listening to be a two-way blessing because we're healed by speaking and sharing and the other person is healed by enjoying it with us and entering into our life in a, a sincere way. So mm. that was a, yeah. a real insight when she said that to me. Yeah, mm. it's, it's interesting what you said that when, when we are around people who listen well, there's something about being with people like Meg and others that that encourages us to be good listeners, too. I find that really interesting. interesting. Yes, it's motivating yeah. because they've modeled for us what that looks like. Yeah, yeah. And, and that was a, a good thing for me to, to see in action. Yes, I had practiced that as a member of care person, but I feel like um, she modeled it in such a fresh, um, I'm trying to think of some other adjectives that describe that, but there was an intensity about her focus that that challenged me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You know, for, for those listeners of ours that, that are unfamiliar with member care, could you explain what that is? And then also... Uh, you mentioned that you do debriefing, and uh, some people don't really understand what that is. Could you explain both of those terms? Okay, I'll try. Okay. When um, when missionaries come home on home assignment, so many times uh, they're not given enough time to kind of think through and process and remember the past 
one, two, three, or four years. Mm-hmm. And it's helpful for them to have a time when someone listens and helps them work through the past years with questions that draw out uh, feelings and reactions and honesty and struggles in a non-threatening environment. Mm. So that I found to be a, a huge blessing to me. I felt like when I would meet with somebody who was in that situation, I felt like I was actually on holy ground talking with them and being given the privilege of listening and helping them process, helping them see um, ways that God had been using them. Because sometimes they overlook that or think it's not so important. And sometimes another person experiencing it with them again can help them see it through fresh eyes. Mm. And and that's kind of what debriefing is like, too. Mm -hmm. When I would know that a a short-termer is coming back, we would usually work in teams. I would go back and read their past prayer letters, highlighting things that they had uh, experienced and lessons that God had taught them. And then I would try to comment on that, not stealing their story. In fact, I really was challenged by a friend of mine reminding me to be stingy with my own story, but to listen to theirs. Oh, how interesting. Yes, I found that to be challenging, too. Yeah, stingy with our own, stingy with our own story. Yes, when we're debriefing somebody or... So sometimes you just want to step in and say, oh, I have the same experience, or yes, I know what you're talking about, but then that kind of steals the the focus of the time yeah, and thwarts it from really being genuinely about that other person. Yeah. So, yeah. But I feel like some preparation on our part as a listener, um, knowing what the person generally has experienced, but then responding, you know, did you realize that God really used you in that place or in that situation? Or look how he helped you overcome that, you mm-hmm. know, so drawing attention to how God was was at work in them. I feel, I feel like it's, it's a very important time to allow people to speak. And I don't think we give listening uh, a great enough rap <laughs> for the power and the blessing that it can be. So yeah, yeah. I would just challenge all of us to remember that even though it doesn't get a lot of visibility or we think it doesn't have much to show for it, if you are a good listener, and that's something we all can grow in, it's an area that brings so much blessing to the person that you're partnering with or mm-hmm. caring about. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's for sure. That's for sure. Now, I understand uh, you are retired now from your uh, yeah. organization, SIM. What is, yeah. uh, what is that like for you? Well, it's 
gone through a lot of transition, John. It was very hard for me at first. I especially got uh, confused when I heard so many people say, so, Linda, what's the next big thing? Hmm. And I would say, I, I don't really know what the next big thing is, but I'm trying to be sensitive to God's voice in helping me see areas where I can be a, a part or a, a help. Mm-hmm. So I'd love being more intentional and available for my grandchildren, for my own adult children. We have five kids here in the States and they're pretty well spread out around the United States. And it takes a lot of time to uh, really be a part of their lives, going to visit them, going to be a part of the children's school activities, being involved there. Um, so that's one of my greatest joys. I also really have found great satisfaction in connecting over WhatsApp with Nigerian friends and mm. reading reading books together with them. Mm. That was things I loved to do when I was back in Nigeria was uh, having reading clubs in my home and together with, with all the staff at the school. But now it can continue with one-on-one with people when we both have the same book. So mm. a lot of times I try to buy books and send them out to friends and then read them together aloud over WhatsApp and discuss them. Mm-hmm. And mm. that's rewarding for both of us. Yeah. Uh, I also love interacting with neighbors and just making my home open for for people coming coming through missionaries or friends that I've known. I've discovered that my own children's friends somehow like to hang out here too. Maybe it's the food. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's a blessing to love my children's friends. Oh. And that's with them. And having Bible studies with, I have a Bible study on Monday evening with uh, a few ladies um, connected with the mission, but some are not connected with, with SIM. But we mm-hmm. meet together every week and study the lives of godly women in the Bible, mm. or we read through books together that are are helpful. Mm-hmm. I, I find that there's much more to be involved in than I realized. So mm-hmm. I, and I really loved it to learn that you don't have to have one big thing that God has opened up to you. Some people might. Yeah. Um, yeah. I loved it when a friend of mine said, Linda, some people lives in retirement are like a raid can and they you know focus <laughs> everything in one direction <laughs> while others and he said it sounded like he was describing me are more like the little perfume decanter on your grandma's bedstand that just goes poof 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 uh, poof uh-huh. poof poof in just many different directions uh-huh. but it leaves nice fragrance uh, uh-huh. behind 
So that that helped me to see that little ways were God's big ways for me. Yeah. Ways of investing, being available to neighbors and grandchildren and adult kids and Nigerian friends whom I had known through the years. Mm-hmm. So I, I feel, I never feel like I'm bored or I don't have anything to do. Mm-hmm. And I'm so grateful for extra time to, to read and share good books with, with others too. And I feel like God is so good, and as we just keep turning to Him, He enables us to to learn more and to pass on what we're learning. So yeah. I'm challenged by God's gift to our family, to His gracious love for for us as a family, and for His very tender concern. For me, as a widow now, too, mm-hmm. I'm amazed that that God cares so personally mm. for me, and I keep sharing those stories with my kids and others as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've you've lived such a rich life, and you're continuing to live such a rich life. That's just really mm-hmm. encouraging to to hear your story, to hear how God has led you in the past, and and how he's leading you in in the present. Mm, it's true. Yeah. I, when I when I saw so many people in Nigeria just last month uh, who had known my husband mm. or who had been discipled by Jim or who as alumni came back to greet and to have us m- meet their children, I was overwhelmed by the thought, John, that when Jim and I were living and serving in Nigeria, we were just ordinary people Mm. living out God's call on our lives in the way we knew best, using the gifts he had given us. And it just was a very ordinary life. And yet to be reminded last month that an ordinary life that's given to the Lord is not ordinary in mm. people's hearts. Mm-hmm. So I just was blessed to know that uh, obedience and the long direction like that is mm. rewarding to to us and a gift to others. Mm. So we're able to say thank you to so many people who had invested in us and who had taught with us or who had helped us with the widow's ministry after I went back, you know, it was, it's so important to say thank you. Hmm. And we don't express gratitude. I feel that it's ingratitude. So it's important for, I felt like it was very important to go back to say thank you. Yeah. And I feel like God enabled us to accomplish those those goals. And my eyes were filled with tears so often remembering his his blessing and love for our, our family. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well I wanna I wanna thank you for sharing all of this. I know we could go on for a long time, but I, I know you're a busy lady and you're re- 
retirement. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But one of the one of the best you wrote one of the best sentences I've read all year, and I just want to conclude with this. And, and it was the conclusion to your email. You okay. said you wrote because my cup is overflowing with gratitude. I'm drinking from the saucer. I love that. I love that. <laughs> Drinking from the saucer. That is just yeah. beautiful. That's just beautiful. You know, you you drink from the cup too, but it's too much. Yeah. You just feel like you're standing under a waterfall. So yeah. yeah. That's what I, I just love. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you again, Linda. I really appreciate you uh, sharing all of this with um, with our listening audience and I wish you a blessed day. And, uh, and thank, <laughs> thank you. Justin. Thank you. And uh, we will continue to stay in touch. All right. Okay. You're a blessing to all of us, too. So oh. I thank God for the way he's, he's using you to kind of keep the, the coals of our hearts stoked and warmed by practical ways to encourage others. So oh. thank you. Your your example. Oh, you're so kind. Thank you again, Linda. And All right. You take care. All right. Bye-bye. Bye now. I don't know about you, but what Linda just shared is one of the best stories I've heard in a while. What an amazing thing she did in organizing a trip for her children and grandchildren to go back to a place where she and her husband, Jim, spent almost four decades of their life. It's where her kids grew up and where it formed such an important piece of her identity, and theirs as well. She could have gone by herself, but she wanted her children to go back with her to experience the joy she experienced. I'm I'm not going to do this, but it would be so interesting to interview one of her two adult children, and the same with a couple of her grandkids, to hear how the trip impacted each of them. You know, another thing that that made this one of the best stories I've heard this year is listening to Linda describe the joy she felt in returning to Nigeria with her family. This is the predominant emotion I heard, joy. I also love how she talked about the joy of resilience. What a great phrase, the joy of resilience. What a breath of fresh air to hear this perspective on life. And then there was her motive in going back to say thank you to the people she worked with in Nigeria and who she and her husband Jim worked with and ministered to. I I love that. Just recently, Janet and I hosted a missionary couple who retired this year after 50 years of working in a camping ministry and who have been taking a thank you tour across the U.S., They're meeting with those who have supported them for all these years and who made possible the work that they were called to do. All to say thank you for their faithful support. Wow, what a a great idea. Finally, what made this story one of the best stories for me that I've heard this year is the story within Linda's story. It's the story of Meg and how she blessed Linda by being such a good listener to her sharing her story. For me, that was quite a powerful story within a story. 
I love how Linda described the way Meg entered into her story. And even though she was a missionary herself, Meg practiced that great line that Linda quoted. Be stingy with your own story when listening to others. What a great line. Be stingy with your own story. May that be true of all of us when we are listening to others. Now, if you got distracted and missed any of this, you may want to replay this part of the episode. I'll conclude with reminding you of the new feature that we're trying out this season, namely, Because Someone Listened. What I'd like you to do is to send me an email or fill in the comment box at the bottom of the show notes where you complete the sentence, Because Someone Listened. Describe a time when someone listened to you well and the impact it had on you. In closing, I'd love to hear any thoughts you have about today's episode. I hope your thinking was stimulated by today's show to be part of someone's best story that they experience. For when you do, it will help you experience the joy of relationships, the joy of relationships that God desires for you. Because after all, You were made for this. Well, that's it for today. If there's someone in your life you think might like to hear what you've just heard, please forward this episode on to them. Scroll down to the bottom of the show notes and click on one of the options in the yellow Share This bar. And lastly, don't don't forget to spread a little relational sunshine around the people you meet this week. Spark some joy for them. And I'll see you again next time. Goodbye for now.